Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Friday, December 16th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down the Friday slate with just three games, but we'll also look back on last night. Uh, you guys can't see it if you're watching on YouTube before the show begins as the intro video is rolling, but uh, I get pumped up listening to that intro uh, tune. I mean, I'm basically moving and shaking <laughs> in the background here. Like, it gets my uh, adrenaline flowing. Really, it does. Yeah. It gets me uh, psyched up and ready. Uh, for the start of every show. So love that intro music. And I am ready to talk some NHL as always. And thanks to Mike Crocock, great guest yesterday, again, uh, on the show, breaking down the massive 13 game card yesterday or 12 game card. It was, but yeah, we put him through the paces yesterday uh, with a huge slate, uh, but did a great job. Uh, we've got Brett Pepler, another guest, a uh, pro hockey player, former pro hockey player joining us on the show tomorrow at noon Eastern time. So uh, looking forward to that as well. And we're looking forward to having Jimmy Murphy, our Friday guest joining us later in the show and looking forward to this man joining me once again here, Alex B. Smith back uh, after a hiatus yesterday. Alex, I welcome back. How are things? And I know you didn't bet anything last night on the NHL slate. You didn't love the card very much, but uh, what were some thoughts and some takeaways from Thursday? Yeah, you know, that's the biggest thing. And I, I know we, we talk about it all the time because we're so different. You're a volume better, a high volume better. I'm a, a very low volume better. Yesterday, I just didn't like anything on the card. And, and you know, you have a 13-game card. People just kind of expect you, you know, you, you get texts from your clients and, and, and you know, followers on Twitter and say, you know, did you bet anything today? Like, no, I didn't like anything. You know, conversely, I like something in all three games tonight. Uh, and so that's that's the, the biggest takeaway of all from a, a betting template. Sometimes you need a night to clear your head. And I've been rolling hot. You know, I haven't been on, on a slump. I've done much better since I did the start of the, of the, of the year. But just sometimes it's, it's good to clear your head, just watch the games as a fan and, and an observant fan, not just, just of course, uh, blindly. But, you know, I've watched some of the Hawks and, and, and Vegas game. Hawks look as dismal as ever, but Vegas looking very sharp. Feel bad for Logan Thompson. He should have gotten the shutout last night. He, he played in, uh, well enough to, to earn that. But Taylor Radish, once again, he's been uh, arguably one of the, the best scorers and, and top forwards on that Hawks team. So that's something I, I caught a little bit of as well. But just, you know, yeah, taking a night to reset and refocus, especially in what's a very long season, and we go through every game and, and, and try to look for something in every angle. It's nice to take a night off and then you know refocus. So hopefully I'm uh, hopefully I'm going to be really hot the next uh, couple of nights because I've, I've got things kind of charged up. You know, bounced some of my numbers as well. Uh, updated the charts. I have those posted on uh, Patreon.com after the show and uh, ready to rock for the weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Sometimes it's nice to have that recharge the battery night, you know, where you just take the night off. You don't love things and you get a little break. I mean, we certainly don't have many opportunities to have that kind of situation where we get a break from the uh, card, especially me. I mean, you and, and look, I've had that before where the very odd times I'm passing on the card, I get the subscribers of mine asking me, are, are you playing anything? Like you, you talk about how you get that when you don't have a, a night, uh, where you're involved in action and you pass the card saying, are you, aren't you betting anything yeah. when it's me? They're not only asking me that when I pass, they're saying, you hung over, you drunk, you mentally ill, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, have you lost your mind? Uh, but 
<laughs> yeah. they get, I get, they get worried. Get directed at me yeah. when I pass the right. card on a certain <laughs> night because it's just a it's a very rare occasion when it comes sure. to yours truly. But uh, still, you need that every now and then, just a little bit of a opportunity, to just take a step back and have a, a break. Uh, last night, yeah, just some thoughts for me from from me for last night. Um, kind of an up and down night. More um, kind of disappointed actually with some results. I ended up down a little bit last night, uh, although there were some results that could have made it better and some results that actually pushed it to better than it could have been as well so but dallas was a good result they got the win over washington two to one we talked about how maybe the capitals wouldn't play their absolute best you know after the big ovechkin 800 goal night uh kind of not a flat spot but maybe just wouldn't have that second gear and give dallas credit good defensive game from them uh jake ottinger i think it was one of his better uh performances uh, in between the pipes as well for the stars and they get a nice low scoring two to one victory in that one, Tampa Bay four to one over Columbus. Disappointed. Uh, one of my two best bets was the over uh, in that game with the Jackets and the Lightning. And uh, Tampa Bay just, or sorry, Columbus could not beat Brian Elliott and uh, Daniel Tarasov. Actually, they could have actually won that game six to one or seven to one. Yeah. He was actually not bad. And I stated on the show yesterday, Alex Tarasov has the best statistics of any Columbus goaltender on their <laughs> roster right now. Yeah. Not saying much because goals above that goals against average is still above three, but it's still better than what we've seen out of Merzlikens and Corpus Salo this year. So, and, and actually, that's very problematic. The best chance to win. I so. mean, and I, well, okay, all right. I, I won't. I won't be too harsh. It, it, it is problematic because he's a rookie goalie and he's been thrown in these different spots, and for him to to flourish in those uh, limited uh, you know moments of action, I, that's a good thing. And he's showing signs that he could be an NHL goalie sooner than later. He's not just some cast off that's going to spend his whole time with the, the Cleveland Monsters. So, you know, it, but it, at the same time, you're expecting your top guys to, to stand up and, and, and deliver when they're in the lineup, and they just have not been able to do that for Columbus. No, they haven't. And their offense has gone cold all of a sudden, too. One goal in the last two games. They follow up the shutout at the hands of their old goaltender, Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, against Florida, and then they only get one goal last night in another loss to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. How about the LA Kings down 2 nothing going into the third period? They rally, they tie it up, a couple of goals courtesy of Adrian Kempe uh, in the third period to tie up that game, and then a 3-2 a win in a shootout for the LA Kings, handing the Bruins their second home loss uh, of the season. Very impressive performance. Very impressive in the fact that they were down 2 nothing. Could have been easy to say, you know what, it's uh, not a, a, not going to be our night. Uh, and they ended up coming back, uh, hanging in there, especially when they got the third period, uh, the nightmarish third period of our lifetime when we were on the BetCast the other night playing the Buffalo Sabres and they just got drilled 6 nothing all in the third period. And to bounce back after that, and beat the Boston Bruins on the road. It shows you there's still something there for the LA Kings. There's the possibility for them to be good. Iron out your defensive issues. Get some stabilized goaltending. That's going to be key. Uh, we know this team got was a playoff team last year. They're probably going to be battling to get there this year. But we know there's capable uh, a hockey team in that LA group. And we're going to see if they can uh, get the uh, job done moving forward. But uh, if you're looking for signs for a struggling team of, Where's that turning point? Where's that flip the switch moment? Could it be last night's comeback win in overtime against the red hot Boston Bruins? Do you think LA Alex can get some momentum from that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's a, that's a huge win, even though it wasn't a regulation win. And of course you're going to hear 
every Bruins fan in the world saying, well, you know, it's still undefeated in regulation. That's <laughs> that'll be the the saying until that. That'll really be happens. the next uh, the, shoot the next drop. Yeah. yeah. So this, and I mean, this is a current streak. That that's you know, it, it's still impressive the fact that you've only lost two games, you know, uh, at home in a shoot and in a shootout, mind you. Not, both of them, not even in, in OT, going to shootout. So there's still you know the resiliency. You have to take them all the way to the end to beat them at home. That that proved remains to be true, but I think this is a good boost for LA, uh, a team that's kind of fallen a little bit on hard times, but they're still in great shape as far as the division is concerned and, and the conference as well. And you know, but we and we're seeing that now. We're starting to see things shake into position that we talked about at the beginning of the year. We talked about how Colorado, of course, now the injury bug has really bit them uh, hard lately, but they're still in the middle of the pack in the Central Division. You're seeing uh, the Minnesota Wild come back from their bad. Loss. You're seeing Pittsburgh playing tough again, Toronto playing well, Tampa Bay back in the fold as a legitimate contender in the East. We're starting to see these things that we we called it. You know, we said some of these teams are going to struggle early, but they'll pick things up late. But I said Boston, I mean, the run that they're on, that it's still just incredible. Uh, You know, and you're waiting for the shoe to kind of drop for them. At least I am. I'm waiting for them to see, you know, maybe take a shot against They're going to hit their first skid at some point. At some point. They, They can't keep this pace. You know, so so that's the kind of the, the thing I have circled. I have, like I said, I talk about Tampa Bay. That's a team I like to bet on right now. Moving forward, still getting some good value. I think we might be getting some good value going against Boston uh, coming up soon. It, it won't be something you want to do all the time, but you can pick your spots, I think, coming up within the next couple of weeks. They're at the height of their value. Uh, you know, they're the height of their, you know, the, the start to the year. They've been power rated up constantly, constantly this year. You're, you're, the value is not really there to back them. And just now you might start to see their play level off and drop off just a bit. So you know, I agree with that. This could be some decent uh, opportunities and the right time maybe to try to look for uh, chances to step in front of uh, the Bruins at this point. Well, look, we have seen this team play some hideous, embarrassing hockey uh, at several games in a row, but last night I'll give them credit. The Anaheim Ducks, 5-2 over Montreal, showed some pride, showed you know at least, hey, we have a pulse, we're a professional team, we're professional players, nobody likes to get you know just absolutely crushed and destroyed every game and embarrassed the way the Ducks were. What, 6-1 to at home against San Jose, 7 to nothing the other night against Toronto, and to see them actually put their best foot forward Get some saves from Lucas Dostal. Let's give him credit. The young kid was very solid in that. Lucas Dostal had a very nice night for the uh, Ducks last night. You know, you could tell that team was sick and tired of being, you know, embarrassed. And, and it was one of their best games in a while. So give them credit. You can tell they're still they're still professionals. This is still a National Hockey League team. They've gone through their issues, getting embarrassed, and finally Anaheim said enough was enough. This is still not a good hockey team. I, I I'm hesitant on saying that that's going to be something that gets them going. Because we thought a Carolina win recently for Anaheim was going to get them going, and then they went right into the tank again. But for one night, after the, a true uh, dismantling that they suffered at the hands of the Leafs, on the heels too of a three nothing shutout against Ottawa, on the heels of a six to one drubbing by a team that's no juggernaut, the San Jose Sharks at home, we finally saw an Anaheim team say, "Hey, we're professionals. We're sick of being, you know, basically embarrassed here." Uh, let's show up, let's play our best, and let's play a hard effort, especially defensively. And they did. Credit to them. Yeah. And that's the thing you're going to see now, too, as the calendar turns from December into January and you get into February. We've seen it already. Four games last night go to OT or a shootout. Three more games decided by one goal. You're going to see teams tighten up defensively a little bit. We might see some lapses you know, here and there. We're still going to see some high-scoring games, but we've been seeing a lot of defensive battles. 
And that leads to a lot of overtime and draws. So something I'll definitely be looking at uh, moving forward. Yeah, with a lot of tight games. Uh, we saw Vegas beat Chicago 4-1. We saw Carolina escape Seattle 3-2, and they had to hang on at the end. Seattle made a really good push but fell 3-2. The Leafs get cooled off by the Rangers. It was a battle of two teams that were playing better, and the Rangers uh, get the better of the Leafs 3-1. That was as good as Jesterkin's played in a while. He made some terrific saves in the third period to preserve the lead, preserve the win. Uh, he was excellent. Toronto didn't really play that bad of a game. Uh, they actually outshot the Rangers, but unfortunately, Shesterkin was back to brick wall mode uh, in net for the Rangers, and a very nice win for them there. Uh, Winnipeg beats Nashville in overtime 2-1. to one. Uh, Just a, a team that cannot put the puck in the ocean right now, uh, Nashville. Another game where they're held to one goal. That's two goals in the last three games combined now for the uh, Nashville Predators. Um, I love the uh, – uh, no, was I think it was a clean hit that was laid uh, in that game on DeMello, but I like Lowry still wanted to fight Janot, and the, it was a hell of a fight too. It still shows you why I love Adam Lowry. He's that kind of guy, stick up for his teammates, leadership, all that. He'll play on my team any day. Uh, you know, if honestly, if there were third or fourth line type players, and I'd, he'd be in my top three or five to pick to be on my team, Adam Lowry. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, standing up for your teammate. Great job there. Winnipeg bounces back. It's a much-needed win because they would have gone 0-3 on the homestand uh, if they lost last night, but they get the win 2-1. Uh, Buffalo, my underdog of the night, 4-2 against Colorado. Uh, they beat the Avalanche, a nice win, plus 160 dogs. Darlene, Cousins, Thompson, uh, all getting uh, on the board for the uh, Sabres. We talked about how good all of them have been this year for them. Very impressive to see. Um, and then, of course, St. Louis and Edmonton. Just Edmonton has had too many of these games, man. Too many of these games where they, they look like they should win. And they're up 3-1, and they almost made it 4-1, I remember, midway through the third. Yamamoto had a great chance and almost made it 4-1. And then St. Louis gets a goal a few minutes later, 3-2. They're still in good shape. And then, with a minute to go or so, St. Louis takes a penalty. So Edmonton's got a power play up by a goal. With a minute to go, you're supposed to close that out on home ice. You're supposed to find a way to win. But instead, and look, I, it pains me to say it. He's my Hamilton boy. He's my Hamilton compadre here, Darnell Nurse. What are you doing on that play there? And then late in the third, I mean, he gave the puck away in a time you just can't have it happen. And unfortunately, after that, it ends up being in the back of your net, courtesy of Tarasenko, tie game with uh, the net, again, shorthanded. St. Louis ties the game uh, 3-3 as Edmonton was on the power play there. Um, and then Edmonton's power play carries over into overtime, and it looks like they score the game winner. But then, and the offside rule, and again, it's one of those things where they say he did not have clear possession of the puck as he entered the zone. And then when he did get firm possession of the puck, he was uh, uh, the play was offside. That's got to be clarified. That's way too much of a gray area play. You know, so I understand why Edmonton's pissed off. Jay Woodcroft was calm about it in the post game, saying, you know, the, the language I think where a lot of us don't really understand it, it's got to be clarified because you're right. That's the similar kind of play I think we saw in the playoffs last year with a Colorado game, I remember. Yeah. So these offside plays, you know, first of all, you've got to decide 100%. If the guy doesn't have possession of the puck or he loses possession of the puck off his stick for a second when he's crossing the blue line, what is it? When he has it firmly, crossing the blue line what is it offside or onside you've got to make these distinctions nobody has a hundred percent clarity view of it right now and Connor mcdavid's hinted at that in his post-game comments there nobody knows for sure 
what the hell that's going to be called now that we've seen it play out that way multiple times. And sure enough, of course, that goal got disallowed because they called it offside. And you knew at that moment, watch St. Louis win this game, and they did uh, in the uh, shootout. So number one is Edmonton shouldn't have let it get to overtime. you got to find a way to finish that game when you have a 3-2 lead at home and you got a power play in the last minute. You cannot give up a goal in that situation. And second of all, yeah, you got to overtime. You should have finished it, but it was a 50-50 call at best that went against you, and it's a tough way to lose at the end of the night. Yeah, it is, and I don't understand why tennis is basically the only sport that uses this laser track technology when they could easily use this to determine not only offsides but goals as well, especially when you're talking about the puck fully crossing the red line. This is a very These are very simple things that the NHL can remedy, and the technology does exist for these things that to, to be taken care of. So it's something that the, the league really needs to sit down and kind of work on moving forward. And uh, like I say, uh, there's so many areas and it's uh, Connor was hundred percent. I love McDavid's press conference because he hit on all the areas offside goalie interference. There's just so many areas now where nobody knows if it's going to be goalie interference or not offside or not. We're getting to that point now roughing the passer or not in the NFL. That's a huge problem there in that sport as well. So uh, again, clarity, and consistency, like if you're going to put it in the rule book, this is offside, this is onside, this is goalie interference, this is not goalie interference. Not only you enforce the rule and make it clear in the rule book, you enforce it that way. You're consistent with it all the time. That is what we're looking for, no doubt about that. And lo- save uh, the devils for last in the recap section of the show. We do need to talk about New Jersey a little bit. This is the first time where this team's hit a little adversity and a little speed bump in what has otherwise been a remarkable season for them. It's one thing, you know, to lose some of the games they've lost recently, you know, and the Devils lost to the uh, Rangers the other night, but the Rangers are playing a little bit better. They lost to Dallas. Dallas is a solid football team. You know, there's definitely things that you uh, like about the way they've been, or the losses here lately, the Islanders, the Rangers, Dallas, they're all solid teams. But then you lose to Philly you know, at home and you get held to one goal. And now you've got to start to ask yourself with a team that has now lost four in a row for the first time this year, is regression hitting them? Do they peak too early? All of this stuff. I don't want to go the peak too early route right now. I really don't peak too early. I mean, five, four game losing streak is not what we want to see for the devil fans wants to see for them, but I think it's too soon to say they peak too early and they're just going to be, you know, a garbage team the rest of the way. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this is now legitimate concern that they've really hit their first wobble uh, of the NHL season uh, to this point. And it's a combination of things. You know, last two games, they haven't scored goals. Power play and the offense has cooled off uh, a little bit. Uh, their defensive play has been good and their overall numbers are still good. Like if you look at their overall numbers, this still looks like a very good hockey team. But it just hasn't resulted in uh, wins here the last four. I'm not pushing the panic button yet. That being said, two, three, four more losses in a row for New Jersey, and then we might get to a point where maybe you do have to start reevaluating this hockey team and their ability to sustain this. And keep in mind, this is not a team loaded with physicality. This is not a team loaded with those third and fourth line grunt players that are going to be those guys that could be big time playoff, you know, two way players for you. Got a couple, you know, Miles Wood could be that guy, McLeod could be that guy, and credit to McLeod. What a friggin' son, t- tough son of a gun he was last night to go after Delorier for a hit on Miles Wood. He was outmatched. Uh, obviously, this is a guy that's been th- in mo- tons of fights for years in yep. the NHL, Nick Delorier. McLeod's thrown the, dropped the gloves before, but not at that weight class. 
to take on Delorier, man, and hang in there. And he actually landed some punches on Nick Delorier, too, toward the end of that fight. Yeah. Just incredible stuff. Mikey McLeod, man. Hats off to you, my friend. That was terrific. I loved seeing. I love seeing that stuff. You know, just, I'm just going to take on this uh, guy because he hit a teammate of mine in a questionable way, at least in their viewpoint. I love stuff like that. Way to go, Mike McLeod. Yeah, absolutely. Standing up for your, for your teammates—that's something we love to see all the time. But with New Jersey, you know, like I said, it was—it took me a while during that long winning streak for me to say, ah, you know, the Devils legitimate, and I think they are a legit team. But I wouldn't be completely stunned if we saw them regress and regress in a large way because this is a team that we just kind of we've seen you know shades of a flip flop play from them even when they were bad the win streaks they had were kind of long four or five games and all of a sudden they go and lose eight of ten you know so it, it wouldn't shock me they've been that kind of inconsistent team for a while it seemed like they may have broken through past that but they got to turn things around soon because like i said they'll start you know having the doubters again i mean they won't be chant fire lindy anytime soon of course i think that's passed but definitely you don't want to get back into a habit of losing after having uh such a a, a fortuitous first two months of the season yeah exactly oh i forgot pittsburgh florida yes great win by the penguins that was my other best bet so we went one and one with the best bets the penguins got it done uh riding them on the win streak right now uh, alex we've talked about pittsburgh that's seven games in a row for them uh now that they've won after last night's 4-2 win, uh, a great job by them uh, in the victory. Uh, they get the uh, It was all special teams mostly for the uh, Penguins last night. They get the shorthanded goal from Chris Letang, power play goals from Gensel and Malkin. Uh, absolutely a terrific job. Jari made some big saves when Pittsburgh was hanging on to the third period lead a little bit. Florida did make a good push, but it all came together nicely. Pittsburgh got the win. Riding a red-hot team, Florida too inconsistent. And then I like Pittsburgh even more, Alex, once we heard Kachuk wasn't going to play uh, last yeah. night in that game, and Verhage as well. So uh, it ended up being definitely a couple of big-time uh, absences, uh, no question about it, for uh, the Florida Panthers last night and a team that just can't get any traction going. The opposite of Pittsburgh right now, they have got serious traction going right now, winners of yeah. seven in a row. And the biggest thing too is, you know, we talk we don't talk about futures too often, but I think uh, awards futures maybe look for if the Bill Masterton Trophy. If you can find those odds anywhere, look for Chris Letang. He got a goal and assist last night. This is a guy what 14, 15 days ago had a stroke, his second stroke of his of, of his life, heading into thirty six years of age. Comes out, please, you know, last three games played twenty plus minutes of ice time, got a goal and an assist. He can stay healthy. I mean, you know, that award's given out for, you know, sportsmanship and dedication to hockey. Well, there's no bigger dedication to hockey than this guy wanting to get back on the ice in December of all months. This is a Pittsburgh team that we've seen year after year deal with injuries and, you know, they wait and let guys get healthy for the, the playoff run, the stretch run. He wanted to come back now, two weeks after a serious health issue, and is contributing right back again on the score sheet. And, and the Blue Liners have been playing well for Pittsburgh. You know, we talk about how sometimes the goaltending can be hit or miss. Uh, you know, the defense hadn't been that strongest point of that franchise in quite some time. Now they're playing a little bit better. Of course, Crosby leading the way with the offense. It's a Pittsburgh team to definitely be uh, watching out for. And Florida, like I said, they just still just finding themselves as the odd team out uh, in that division in the Atlantic in the Eastern Conference. I think that's kind of where they're going to probably stay for a while unless they make some drastic changes. And I mean, there's some things they're not going to be able to do. They're not going to be able to move Baroski unless uh, some kind of, you know, magic miracle happens with the cap uh, and, and a couple other teams needing to, to, you know, address some issues as well. But, uh, you know, Florida trending down and Pittsburgh, you know, hanging around and, and trending more toward the upward in that Eastern Conference. 
No doubt about it. And uh, they need Spencer Knight back. They need uh, consistency better at the defensive end. And I don't think they've got the third and the fourth line scoring punch either right now that they did that they had before uh, th- this, this Florida Panthers team. I think that's hurting them uh, quite a bit too. I mean, you got to start real uh, really considering the potential of this team not making the playoffs right now. That That is a very real possibility for the Florida Panthers. Right now they sit three points out uh, of the uh, wild, second wild card spot. You know, they're seven points now behind Tampa Bay, the third place team in their own division, the Atlantic division. I mean, the way Boston, Toronto, and now Tampa are, as well are all playing, <laughs> good luck trying to catch them right now if you're Florida. You might be relegated to just a wild card spot if, if you get in now. And here's the thing. I, I said it on a show I did earlier on uh, Edgework. Buffalo, in my eyes, is one goaltender upgrade and a blue line veteran addition away from being a legit wild card contender. They're right in that mix. So that's another team that Florida had to worry about right there in their own division. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was a nice win for them last night, no question, uh, in Colorado, taking on uh, the Avalanche. All right, uh, let's turn to Friday. We've got three games on the board, and we'll begin with the Chicago Blackhawks and the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, Minnesota minus 420 in most spots here. Home favorites, a massive price uh, in this game. Uh, The total sitting at six right now across the board. You know, it's funny because uh, you've got, obviously, Chicago on a back-to-back. They played at home against Vegas last night. They lose that game 4-1. to one. Uh, You've obviously got uh, uh, Luke Richardson in a situation where, you know, it's funny. Cause, it's just funny because we haven't seen con- confirmation yet that Peter Morozik's the goalie tonight. And Luke Richardson's yeah. probably thinking, do I have to put this guy in? Do I really have to put him in there uh, right now? I mean, for Morozik, it's just been, you know, I'm sure he's hoping for a fresh start, clean st- slate, stay healthy maybe try to get his career back on track and it's been anything but he's 2 and 7 or the Blackhawks are 2 and 7 with him starting 4.37 goals against average 873 uh, save percentage it's been obviously a, a rough time uh for the uh, Chicago uh, Blackhawks uh, no question about that uh, and when you look at it uh it's a situation where um you know I think when you look at Chicago it's hard to back them it's hard to have any faith in Morozik right now with what I've seen uh, he's been giving up goals in bunches. Uh, that's been absolutely a concern for me uh, going forward with him. We saw what happened the other night against the Washington Capitals, giving up seven goals in that game. Numbers have been good, bad. For him, it's been a consistent stretch going back to when he was with the Leafs. Of When he is in net, he's not good enough one start to the next. Maybe he'll have a good start here and there, but there's too much mediocrity and below average goaltending the rest of the way. And then when he isn't playing, he's hurt again with that damn groin injury. I mean, the groin injuries just keep on happening, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I keep saying, his groin's being held together with duct tape and glue right now, uh, Peter Morozik. He just cannot seem to keep that damn thing healthy. It's like, what are these doctors doing? Can we do something to get this thing right? Holy goodness. Just keeps having issues with it. And then when he does play, he's way below average, and that's the issue right now. Another issue for Chicago is they can't score. They're, they've having the same issues Nashville has had the last few games. They've not been able to get any sort of offense going uh, consistently. You know, Taylor Radish, thank God for him. uh, He's tried to get something going offensively. They get a goal from Tyler Johnson, who just comes back to the lineup uh, against uh, Washington, and now he's injured again. He's re-aggravated his injury, and it may not play tonight for the uh, Blackhawks. So, you know, just all kinds of problems. One and nine in their last 10 games, five-game losing streak as well for Chicago. This is obviously a game where Minnesota, with any sort of focus, should win this game. I mean, they did. They they showed up to play against Detroit. 
four to one the other night. They played a pretty good defensive game. They played two in a row. Very good defensive games at home. Three in a row if you factor in the shutout they had against Vancouver at the end of the road trip. So this is one of those games where I think Minnesota wins, but I'm not going to take them puck line or regulation line. There's just no value. I think the best way to attack it is I found at BetMGM uh, the team total at four minus 110. You know, at least if they get four goals, you push. Uh, and if obviously if they get more than four goals, uh, it's going to end up being, going uh, over that number. So I think that's the best way to play it. Minnesota team total over four minus 110. Uh, again, try to find it at BetMGM or another book where you can get that half goal because you don't really want to lay over minus 170 with over three and a half. You know, I certainly didn't want to. So I figured the next best option is over four minus 110 with the wild team total. So that's the way I played this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Blackhawks and wild. Yeah, I went with wild uh, first period puck line. I got that right before it moved. It was even money uh, when I played it laying the half a goal. Now you have to lay, I'm seeing the dollar 10, dollar 15, which I normally wouldn't do that. I would normally say that's a no go, but like I said, considering how, unless you have a book that offers that half goal option uh, on the team total, I'm not laying 170 with three and a half. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, first period puck line, lay. I'd say lay a dollar ten and try to shop around if you can get a plus price for that. If you like anything total wise, I'd say wait in game because the Hawks' offense has just been abysmal. That number could drop down to four and a half, and then you you're alive. I think maybe the Hawks get a goal, but like I said, that's still you know you rely on at least four from the Wild, one from the Hawks, and, and you get on on a four and a half. That's probably the best way to attack this. The Hawks have just been brutal, and like you said, either you play Peter Morazic. Who clearly, if, if he is 100% healthy right now, then he probably should be close to done with his career, honestly, because the, his post-to-post movement in the last couple of starts after coming back from the injury has looked terrible. He looks very slow. He looks uncomfortable yeah. just standing in the crease yes. uh, right now. And so you either have him in that or you go on a back-to-back with Arvid Soderblom again, who, yes, he has shown progression in every game. He made some great saves last night, but at the same time, two of those uh, goals he got beat on, especially that one in the second period, like their goals that high school goalies could have stopped. Honestly, like he's let in some very soft goals. He's let He's still giving up some big rebounds uh, with his kick saves. He's got things to work on. You do not want to just run this guy in the ground, start playing him back to back nights, playing him, you know, uh, you know, four, four times in a five and seven or things like that. He's not a starter in, in that aspect. So the Hawks are just going to be, you know, uh, this is what they're planning to do. They're tanking. You know, they, they're going to be losing games. If you have this tandem right now, this is not going to get you wins against damn near anybody. And now you're going on the road against a rival in a, a building where you haven't played that well, lost six straight against Minnesota. This game could get ugly early. And, and you know, that's why I'm looking just strictly for the first period puck line. You know, hope to cash to get two goals from Minnesota, take my money and run. Because even with this being said, we talked about the Wild. They have struggled against teams they should demolish. We saw them go to OT uh, against Anaheim. We saw them struggle against Arizona. Uh, you know, this wouldn't be shocking at all if the Wild, if they don't get out to a big lead early, this could easily be all of a sudden a 2-2 game with five minutes left in the third, and next thing the Hawks are alive to win this game in overtime or a shootout. So the Wild do need to take care of business. They need to play a full 60-minute game. And I'm just hoping they at least take care of business in the first 20. Yeah, and in theory, you would think, you know, with Marc-Andre Fleury and Net tonight confirmed for the Wild, he would always want to play well against Chicago. Obviously, it was a disastrous uh, time for him there. I mean, nothing went well. He didn't play great. The team was not good. Uh, I'm sure he's always interested in beating Chicago, um, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. But he did give up three goals the last time he faced them, and it was a close game. It was 4-3. But Chicago was actually 
in a better offensive way than they are right now. They are lost at sea right now in terms of finding their goal production. Their power play has gone downhill. Their power play was actually great early in the season. And now the last uh, five games, they've gone just a one for 12 uh, with the uh, man advantage. So the power play has cooled off. And, and it's coinciding with the goal scoring. I mean, this is pretty lousy from Chicago. They've scored a, in the last five games during this losing streak. They've only scored five goals in those five games, shut out twice uh, as well. So it's tough. That's why I isolated the wild team total instead of a full game over in this game, because I, I, I don't know if Chicago is going to give me a whole lot right now tonight. So I figured I'd focus more on the uh, team total here for the wild. All right, St. Louis Blues, Calgary Flames. We've got Calgary minus 220, home favorite, six the total in this one. Man, Calgary just cannot seem to get on any sort of run. I mean, it's just been remarkable. That's a, losing to Columbus, losing to Toronto, losing to Montreal in a shootout, all three games on that road trip. Granted, a little bit of a tough spot coming back home off a three-game road trip in the East to play Vancouver, but still a game you think you should win. And you don't get it done. You lose to the Canucks at home. So it is definitely a team that is having a tough time right now. They still have a winning record at home, though, 10-7 and seven, uh, at the Saddle Dome this year. But four losses in a row, three of them have been beyond regulation uh, for the uh, blue, for the uh, Flames as of late. Uh, we will see if that carries over here. I mean, I, I, don't, I, 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 we, I don't know what Alex is on here for this game. But my goodness, the everything is blinking. It's like those flashing lights draw. Draw, draw, draw with the form of these two teams right now. I mean, the Blues have gone beyond regulation in three straight games against Colorado, Nashville, and Edmonton last night, of course, where they win in a shootout. Calgary's gone beyond regulation in three straight games as well, including the Vancouver game the other night. So definitely you're looking at a situation here where uh, you would you would expect uh, this game to be pretty competitive pretty close and it's not like Calgary's getting the defensive play consistently or the goaltending from the Markstrom Vladar duo right now that makes you think they can gain separation from the opponent what I do think they can do tonight Calgary is score some goals and their offense at times has been hit or miss two power plays been hit or miss the five on five offense has been hit or miss but St. Louis is likely to roll with Thomas Grice tonight uh, on the back-to-back talked about how much this guy has struggled uh, in terms of make getting making stops this year for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but with Binnington in net last night, you would think Grice is in net. You look at him in the last five of his last six starts, Alex, he's given up at least four goals in five of his last six starts. And actually, if you go back further than that, you'll also see a lot of games where he's given up at least four goals. So that's what I'm focusing on tonight. Calgary can get me four goals. This is another team total for me. Uh, three games on the card, and two of my bets are team totals. Uh, Calgary over three and a half, team total about minus 120 uh, in that range. I'm taking out the Calgary money line. I want nothing to do with a Flames money line, regulation line, puck line, anything like that. Because I can't trust them right now in terms of winning. But a tonight with a Blues team in a tough spot, third game in four nights, back-to-back on the road with a struggling Thomas Grice, I'm just going to isolate the team total and Hopefully count on the Flames to get four goals against a goaltender that's been given up four goals repeatedly uh, all season long. So Calgary team total over three and a half. I think I know where Alex is going uh, and the drop makes a whole lot of sense too to take a sprinkle on that with both teams on a three game streak 
beyond regulation entering tonight. What do you think here, Alex? Blues Flames. Yeah, you got it down for the, exactly. Like I'm going to draw plus three ninety, but I'm also going first period over. I actually dropped down to minus a dollar twenty and been online before we got on air, and that's when I finally struck and, pl- and played it. The Jacob Markstrom, I mean, it's funny we talked about the whole how uh, first you know shot on uh, he's faced has gone past him in six games. Two of the first three shots he's faced uh, against Vancouver the other night go past him. That game flies over the total in the first period. Yep. We've seen Calgary go over that first period total in seven of the last ten, and eight of the last ten games we have seen a goal in the first ten minutes. More than likely, it's been against uh, Markstrom, like you said, early in the contest. So that's something that he really needs to work on, getting in focus and, and and being in the right positioning early in games and not waiting until the second, third period to settle in. But uh, until he proves he's done that, and like I said, with Grice possibly going for St. Louis, this definitely feels like a extremely cheap price for that first period over. So I'm hammering that, and I'm also going with the draw at plus 390. Is that true there? Chris Otto is on top of the foot what the numbers are and the lines are, but I believe him when he says over five and a half. He says in the chat, minus 125 at MGM, bet MGM. I know it's over five and a half. It's dropped to five and a half at ProLine Plus, which is a sports book you can only use in Ontario. It's like an Ontario government. Circa Circa is uh, five and a half. That's in Vegas and Colorado right now. I will bet that as well. Like, I wouldn't bet six over. I'm betting five and a half over with uh, these two teams. I, and again, we talk about how the five and a halves have been pretty good more often than not with overs, but I, I will definitely split it up now. Flames team total and that over five and a half at minus 125 at uh, BetMGM Circa, uh, as Alex mentioned, also has five and a half here uh, with it. So uh, definitely uh, options there. Yeah, yeah, a five and a half minus 125 at BetMGM. That's a great price. Uh, no question about that. So I'm going to add the five and a half over uh, as well in this game. I mean, great. We got to expect it's Grice. We got to expect him to be uh, not someone we trust as 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 it's been all season. And yeah, I think the Flames are going to maybe put a few past him. If if there's anything to to slap Calgary in the face and say, "Wake the fuck up, boys! Let's get our shit together." It's probably losing at home against Vancouver the other night. So you know, hopefully we get that kind of effort, that kind of performance tonight from. Uh, the Calgary Flames in this one. As far as the props go uh, in this one, there are a couple that stand out uh, for me uh, in terms of the uh, prop market. Uh, you've got uh, Josh Levo's moved up to the top line. I'm not saying that means for sure he's going to contribute offensively. And the last three games, he hasn't had a point, but he's going to have opportunity as long as he stays there uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Cairo, of course, is someone that uh, you know has been streaky this year, and now he's on the good side of the streak again. Uh, he's got Five points in the last five games for the uh, Blues. So some options there. Uh, for Calgary, uh, one thing about Daryl Sutter with the uh, the losses mounting and the inconsistency, he's really been shaking up the lines. He really hasn't kept anything uh, all the same. And, and when you look at this game tonight, he looks like he's going to go with a Dubé-Lindholm to Foley top line uh, in this game. Dubé up to the top line. And Dubé, I think, has, a, has great value tonight with his player props for the uh, Calgary Flames in this one uh, because of the fact that he's moving up the lineup. He's actually been noticeable lately. He got a power play point, which I took, and he's gonna, getting more power play time. I mentioned he got two assists, two points. One of them was on the power play. Take a look at that as well. Power play point, Dylan Dubé, because a lot of books are going to have it really good again at plus 500 or something. I got a plus 550 on that in the Vancouver game, and he got a power play point assisted on their first goal 
Uh, it's worth a look again because he's also getting way more opportunity on the power play right now for the Flames as well. So uh, definitely Dylan Dubé uh, in a bunch of different ways, I think, is a, is a good prop look tonight uh, in this game. All right, Islanders-Coyotes, final game of this Friday slate. Uh, we've got uh, the Islanders minus 180 uh, road favorites here, five and a half the total in this game. Uh, it kind of looks like Arizona's got a little something going at Mullet Arena. I mean, they've won both games they've been there since they've been back there after that, uh, just that road trip that it felt like would never end. Uh, they get back there and play two games at home against Boston and Philadelphia, and they win both of those games. Now, the Boston game, they got totally outshot. You know, we do have to mention that, but they did find a way to win. Karel Vimelka was outstanding in net. And then they follow it up. They beat Philly at home. Sure enough, they go back on the road the other night, face San Jose, and they don't win that game. So uh, there's a little home road split thing going on with the Coyotes. And they've definitely been, look, we've ripped that arena to shreds and the whole situation. And we've made fun of them with the Arizona State Coyotes uh, talk when it comes to this team. By the way, we're going to have Eddie Lack on maybe as early as January uh, on the show once again. He attended one of the home games at Mullet Arena. So we're definitely going to get his perspective uh, someone that's uh, being there, he lives in the state, of course, uh, and someone that's been in that arena. But we've been laughing about it, how the dressing rooms, it's, you know, the curtains be being held together for the that they're using for dressing rooms early in the season, although they've uh, refurbished it and they've gotten it uh, together since then with better looking dressing rooms. It's a small arena, 5,000 people. Like we've made a lot of, uh, you know, snide remarks about the whole situation. But the one thing that can't be denied is it's kind of like a cozy atmosphere. Crowd's right on you. And this team, all the players say they get some energy from this crowd. They've been saying that here uh, the last couple of games. They get energized. It makes them really want to, you know, not play harder, but it really gets them going. You know, if they're trailing in the game, the crowd gets them going. You hear the student section chanting, you know, and it's really made a bit of a difference here for Arizona in terms of the energy level for this team and being able to sustain it uh, through the course of uh, 60 minutes. So, I'm reluctant to lay this price with the Islanders, you know, against Arizona, considering, you know, we've seen this team show up uh, on home ice. Uh, we've seen this team, you know, give good efforts against the Bruins and the Flyers back-to-back uh, -back home games. We'll see if that can continue here, uh, here in this matchup tonight uh, as they uh, take on the uh, New York Islanders. And keep in mind, they beat the New York Islanders in Long Island earlier this year, 2-0. And I was on the Islanders in that, or the Coyotes in that game as a big plus 250 dog. I lean Arizona here, plus 160. I might have a couple bucks on that. I don't like the fact that the Islanders lost to them. Like, the Islanders probably won't look past Arizona. They're on a losing streak as well. They should have full focus and say, hey, we got to stop the bleeding here facing this Arizona team. They already beat us. We Do we want the shame of losing to the Coyotes twice in both meetings this year? Probably not, but I'd still lean to the Coyotes here at this price because you're getting a good number. They've been good at home. Vimelka is confirmed in net, and I think it's going to be Sorokin for the uh, New York Islanders, Ilya Sorokin, and don't look now. He's given up eight goals in his last two starts, so he's uh, his play is leveled off just a little bit uh, here uh, in the last couple games. So I lean Arizona, and at five and a half, you know with the total, I would only look over, and I'll probably put a couple bucks on that as well. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Islanders, Coyote. Yeah, I'm leaning. I was leaning with the first period over. Of course, seeing a dollar twenty—that's a, a decent price. But uh, and, and the Islanders three straight first period overs cash on the road. Uh, Arizona's been on a five and one mark, six and one mark. The last seven going the first period over. Although most of those were road games. Uh, and I could see this being a fast start and then kind of a slow down a little bit. Uh, in the later periods, 
you know, I we see how they, we always know how they tighten up defensively. But Arizona, they really have to do the same thing too to stay afloat and win some of these games. So I like the draw here as well. I grabbed it at plus three forty. I think you can find three fifty, three fifty five if you shop around. Uh, I think this could be a, easily a two two game. You can see, you know, a couple of goals early, and then it tightens up in the later periods, and this one go past sixty minutes. So I like Isles Coyotes. Give me the draw plus three fifty. All right, Islanders, Coyotes draw here uh, in this one. Uh, so there we go. A couple of draws here for uh, Alex on the uh, card tonight uh, with both the uh, Blues and the Flames as well as this one here with the uh, Islanders and the Coyotes. Uh, I've mentioned it before with the uh, Coyotes. If you're going to look toward any uh, player props with them here uh, moving forward, uh, definitely Schmaltz has been noticeable for the uh, Coyotes. Lawson Kraus has been terrific uh, for them as well. Uh, and those are the players you probably really want to hone in on in terms of uh, props in this game tonight. Uh, even uh, Shane Goss despair. Uh, we've seen the uh, point production from him just skyrocket. Uh, he scored two goals in the last five games, but more importantly, over his last six games, he has seven points for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So if you can find Goss despair point props uh, out there uh, in this game, gots to be here. As I often like to see, like, like to say, uh, yeah, definitely. I think it's worth a look if you want to build some kind of SGP in this game, uh, and you're going to put together something involving player points. Definitely, the Gostas Bear should be included because, again, seven points for him from the blue line uh, for the Arizona Coyotes uh, in the uh, last uh, six games. So, uh, good stuff indeed there. Uh, all right, that is the Friday uh, NHL uh, card uh, here for this uh, Friday edition. Uh, Jimmy was going to join us. I didn't, he must have had something come up. That's okay. We'll get him back uh, next week. Uh, no problem there. A uh, busy guy, especially as we get closer to the uh, holidays, uh, sure. but uh, good stuff uh, overall. We thank everybody uh, in the uh, chat uh, for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate that very much. And before we get to best bets to wrap it, oh, also patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. Make sure you sign up goalie charts, totals, charts, Power ratings and more daily Ice Guys show betting card as well posted each and every day, uh, which is uh, convenient for those of you. If you miss the show live, the cards posted there, patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just 10. Market shipped quickly and discreetly to you. If you visit thegramco.com, use promo code Ice Guys, you will save 25% on every order, not just your first order, but every time you order on the site. And anything that you get over $50, the shipping will be standard and free. So live elevated with Gramco and check out all their wonderful Delta 8, THC, and CBD products today. Yo, and as you can see, Alex loves them and uses them too. It's it's not just, hey, we're promoting this site. Right, we yeah. love their product. It's right there, exactly. Uh, delicious flavors as well. There it is on the, on the screen as well if you're watching on YouTube. TheGramco.com, 25% off uh, using promo code. Uh, ice guys and also of course manscape.com we appreciate them uh, joining us as one of our official sponsors here on the ice guys show as well uh, manscape the best in men's below the waist grooming their products precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscapes performance package the ultimate men's hygiene bundle uh, join over 7 men, million men worldwide who trust manscape with this exclusive offer 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with promo code ice guys at manscaped.com uh, again 20 percent off with promo code uh, ice guys the lawnmower 4.0 weed whacker it takes care of all your necessities uh, get 20 percent off free shipping with the code ice guys at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with 
Manscaped. All right, best bets to wrap it up for this Friday edition of the Ice Guys Show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? We're going to go with the late night game. I'm glad this game is going to be on late because it might actually help me go to sleep for a change. Uh, the Islanders and the Coyotes going to go regulation draw plus 350 here. These are two teams, like I said, the, the offense doesn't come in, in, in gigantic waves. And I think there's are two teams that are going to play each other pretty tight. We might see them get off to a hot start looking for that uh, early, but I think things will taper down in, in the later half of this contest and we'll see it be close enough where it goes into overtime or a shootout. So we just need the draw. Uh, with the Yote and the Isles, plus 350. That's my best bet tonight. All right, there we go. Draw uh, for the uh, Coyotes and the Islanders, plus 350 for uh, Alex uh, B. Smith with his Friday uh, best bet uh, for this uh, Friday slate. All right, my best bet here uh, for the uh, card. Uh, it's tough. I'm going back and forth with the Wild and the Flames, the team totals there. I like both, but I'm going to go with Calgary's uh, team total. Over three and a half, minus 120. I think they get four goals. Uh, Thomas Grice has given up four or more goals in five of his last six starts. Uh, Calgary against St. Louis, the last three times the Flames have hosted the St. Louis Blues at the Saddledome, they have scored four or more goals. They've scored four, seven, and four in the last three home games against St. Louis. So a total of 15 goals uh, in those three games after the loss to Vancouver. Shame on them if they don't come out flying tonight. The rest advantage, St. Louis off the uh, t back and forth intense game against Edmonton last night that they won in a shootout, so they've got the rest advantage. Blues rolling in on a back-to-back. -back. Calgary team total uh, over 3.5, uh, minus 120 for me for this Friday card for best bet. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, reminder, tomorrow, huge slate, 13 games. It'll be me, it'll be Alex, it'll be a special guest, Brett Pepler, joining us as well. Looking forward to the uh, Saturday card. He's down in Florida, too, like our guest earlier this week, Austin McElmurray was, and he goes to Panthers games, too. So someone else is going to tell me what an idiot I am for calling out the lack of attendance, I'm sure, with the uh, Florida Panthers home games. He'll stick up for the attendance figures, I'm sure, too. But uh, looking forward to having Brett and his perspective uh, on the show tomorrow. Uh, on the Ice Guys, so join us for that. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back tomorrow, noon Eastern time, for a loaded Saturday NHL card here on the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Thank <laughs> you.